on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. We talk about COVID-19 and what you can do as a digital marketer. Share your Facebook from Facebook stories to Instagram from Facebook. Shep got passionate about taxes and told us who is getting free ads on Facebook. And we covered why plants and sleep streaming are trending. Plus, find out what happens when you leave solo cups unattended overnight. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on March 13th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. Join us in the conversation. We're at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. What's up, y'all? Haven't seen you guys in like a week. We missed you. It's been a couple week. weeks. Couple weeks for yeah. the viewers. Yeah, listeners, um, listeners, viewers. viewers. You know, YouTube on the brain. We're <laughs> multimedia, Jess. We've just all been, um, you know, prepping, and Jess is really good at the prepping, and I'm really good at the social distancing. So I feel like together <laughs> we would like never get sick. By you saying a, both those things are incorrect for the audience. <laughs> Because I've seen you at a wedding, and you absolutely mm-hmm. cut it up on the floor, yep. and there's no distance. But I don't go near people. I I make I clear the floor. If I make you're space. on the dance floor, you're near people. First of all, and I was on the Jess stage. was just telling me that she has Pop-Tarts. Yeah. And what's wrong with Pop-Tarts? <laughs> what's right with Pop-Tarts? <laughs> They're delicious. I'm also not... I'm good at being married to someone who's good at prepping. I'm not good at prepping. I have not had anything to do with the shopping list. Except there's lots of black beans, Greg, which I feel like you would appreciate. Beans are good for you. Also, it's Friday the 13th, and Hope reminded us that this is our 113th episode. Spooky. 1313, guys. Watch out. I wonder what the market's going to do today. (laughs) All right. Who are our sponsors this week, Jess? This week's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Ahrefs. Whether you work for a big brand, run your own small business, or do freelance work, getting traffic to your website is always an issue. Ahrefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that solves that problem. It gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. You want to learn more? Check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step SEO tutorials. They have a seven-day trial for only seven bucks. Head on over to Ahrefs. Dot com that is a h r e f s dot com today to sign up. And today's show is also sponsored by Optio. Optio helps Google Ads managers automate time-consuming manual tasks so they can spend more time on high-level strategy and creative work. Optimize accounts, monitor performance, track budgets, and get alerts when important changes happen. Right now, our listeners can get a six-week free trial of Optio. Go to optio.com forward slash sej. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com forward slash S-E-J, like Society for Environmental Journalists. No, I don't think that's what it is. Oh, search engine <laughs> journal to get started. And it's better than the 30 days if you don't use it. So use that. Optio.com forward slash S-E-J. Thank you to our sponsors this week. And we're going to dive into some features a little bit later in the show. But first, I've got a message to the digital marketing community. And first and foremost, I am clearly not a doctor. <laughs> But there are lots of good posts out there that can help if you are worried about the coronavirus. From a business standpoint, I was dead smack in the middle of the 2008 recession in a, at a financial company in the middle of the financial meltdown. And it was a disaster. It was, it was really rough. So I've got some words of advice to everybody out there. Whether you are at an agency, you're in-house, you're making the calls at a company, whoever you are, first off, be realistic with where you are, but also focus on being positive. I think that's something that it's easy to forget, just that that positivity. Many people make their fortunes in the time of crisis. And not saying that that's the case, but think about that. How can you help your clients? How can you serve them better? What extra efforts can you provide? Can you be flexible with your clients? 
Is there any other services that you can help with that might be even outside of your contract now? What can you do with content? Uh, Are you going out of your way to be an irreplaceable asset to all of your clients? Are you doing that for your agency? And these are things that you need to think about and think about providing value. Also, you probably have a lot of things to do on your rainy day list. It's probably about to rain a little bit, so you can have some time to do those things. So that's that's positive. And to companies out there, and this is important, don't let your valuable employees or vendors go. Feel free to cut things that don't provide value, but more than ever, you should be locking down your go-to all-star team who's with you at all times that is your partner and keep forging ahead. This is actually a rare opportunity for a year from now to look back at this time as an unfortunate and tragic event, but also that any of those investments and efforts that were made throughout this time when other competitors might not be doing that, you're going to reap the rewards. So it might be three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. Nobody knows. Like I said, I'm not a doctor, but in times of panic, there's always opportunity. All right, and on to the main news here. So Reddit has something snoo for you this week. <laughs> what? The Reddit alien. His name is Snoo. It is? It is? Yeah. Or its name is Snoo. Apologies. He doesn't identify. Oh. I don't it. know. <laughs> Snoo's I, cute. I, I just know the name of the, of, of the alien is Snoo. So anyway, there's a new unit called a trending takeover. And according to Reddit, this new offering, brands looking to position themselves at the center of discussion on Reddit will now have premium venues in two of the most commonly visited areas of the platform, Reddit search tab and popular feed. So with Trending Takeover, you're going to be able to build awareness on topics and issues that their brands align with and hold 100% sponsored share of voice on Reddit's popular feed and search tab. So did you guys see the example in Reddit's article? A plant thing? Plants. So the <laughs> ad example was spot was promoted. And it said trending today, promoted. Plants. Why would that be trending? It looks like to my eye that it's a method bottle. Maybe mm-hmm. they are plant-based or something like that. I don't know. But it says trending plants. I don't, it, it, not a good example. Yeah, are people on Reddit talking about plants? Not, no, no. That's why it's promoted. They promoted it to be there, whoever that, that, that dish detergent or whatever it is. So anyway, that should be available. That is beta testing it now. Reach out to a Reddit rep if you are interested. Next up, we have exciting news from Google Ads. Maximize conversions and maximize conversion value bidding strategies are now available in portfolio bid strategies. So this means that advertisers can apply these types of smart bidding across groups of campaigns, whereas before they were only available to apply them at the individual campaign level. So if you use shared budgets at all, you'll be able to pair them with these new portfolio bid strategies as well. And I know we've personally seen success around here with portfolio bids using Target CPA in particular. So this is exciting just to have more options. And it can be a really nice way to manage lots of campaigns with the same goal. But just a word of caution, just because you add something to a portfolio strategy and you're looking at that portfolio strategy's performance as a whole, it doesn't mean that everything's working. So can you explain what a portfolio strategy is in case somebody out here listening hasn't heard of it? Yes. So for those that don't know, a portfolio bid strategy is just a simple way to manage a ton of campaigns at scale with a single bid strategy. So if you want to make an adjustment to that bidding strategy across all those campaigns, you can change it in one place in the portfolio bidding strategy. You don't have to manually hop in every campaign. It makes your life easy. Very easy. So it's really great to see that Google is expanding this feature because things like maximized conversions and especially maximized conversion value can be really, really useful for folks. And again, to manage that across tons of campaigns at once was a bear when you had to do it individually. So this is really nice to see. Appreciate that. Thank you, Google. And next up, Facebook is testing the option to cross post stories from Facebook from Facebook to Instagram from Facebook. Finally. Yeah. So we've been complaining about... This has worked in the other way where people are opted into sharing their Instagram stories to Facebook and they don't know they're doing it. So there's like all these Facebook stories that you don't want to see. Now it's going to work in the opposite direction if people opt in. So I don't think anyone really posts stories on Facebook, but a potential benefit of this feature is that it could sync up the already viewed status of cross-posted stories so we don't have to 
watch reruns anymore. Oh, I don't really nice. have that problem a lot, but the author of this article did. I have that's like my number one problem in life <laughs> is just I keep getting too many stories and I'm viewing them in all these different spots. I'm yeah. on YouTube, I'm on the Campus Explorer stories on LinkedIn. I'm all over the place. And There's if you're that annoyed about rewatching stories, just like don't watch stories at all. Like they're completely optional. I feel like I, I, it's, can I ask you to a question because you're a little more and hope as well because you all are a little more dialed in than me. Do I? Is it time that I have to start doing stories? You, no. Yeah. I mean, there's no. Twitter stories. I, th- I don't hate stories on Instagram at all. That's the only place You only place have I to do them. Instagram stories, yeah. yeah. It just seems like such an ask to be able to have so much. I mean. It's horrible. I even hate Instagram stories. I just tap through it so that the little circle goes away on my feet. Oh. Really? Yeah. I think it can be fun. Okay, well. It's too much. Don't do it. I don't know. I Unless like you're looking at stories done. on at Marketing O'Clock or at Cypress North. Yeah. Then they're great. Mm-hmm. Those are great content. And at SE Journal. I almost said dot com, like <laughs> at sejournal.com. Stories for okay. websites. Unless Maybe they're that's sharing next. like unsavory photos of me making weird faces. They do that just, sometimes. Yeah, it's fun. Don't appreciate Those are the ones it, I but okay. <laughs> so this article also talks about how this could save social media managers time because they could post it on Facebook and share it back. They could have been doing it the other way as is. So whatever. whatever. We'll see what happens. Now you here. can choose which way you want. Yeah. yeah. So what else is happening this week? Well, I've got a 2020 social media industry benchmark report for you, folks. Well, I don't actually have it. RivalIQ.com has it. Head on over to our show notes if you want to download it. It's a really nice and really well done piece. The PDF breaks down 14 top industries and how people are engaging, consuming, interacting, and what's what kind of does better across each of these categories. So they run through alcohol, fashion, financial services, yee, now, mm-hmm. food and beverage, health and beauty, higher education, home decor. Is it decor or decor? I think it's decor. decor. But some people say decor, and that's it's, it's very fancy. On my last vaca- my vacation here, when I wasn't here last week, I learned my new least favorite word. Decor is up there, though. Yeah, I don't like it either. My least favorite word used to be treat. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It's now... Tartlet. Tartlet? You just have a like thing a small with tart? Tartlet. I don't know what it was. I did not order it, but there was a tartlet. It's probably delicious. Maybe. It just sounds but like a guess small what? tart. Not consuming it. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot more categories, and you can find things out like, Jess, you're in the alcohol business. I am. Post per day and engagement rate by the alcohol brands. Did you know engagement rate by post? Highest on Instagram. I didn't know that, but that makes sense because you can make very nice visuals with alcohol. Yeah. And something like for Hope, our fashionista here, tweets, um, I guess not tweets, yeah, Twitter engagement, video has a higher engagement rate than photos. Did you know that, Hope? Yeah, I could guess that. I like watching all the runway fashion videos. Great. Well, check out that (laughs) over on Rival IQ or just shoot us a message and Hope can answer you because she might already know anything as long as it's fashion related. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right. And this week, I wanted to have some good and bad news. I like this one. It's from the one, the only, the queen of spice herself, Pamela Lund, at Pamela underscore Lund on Twitter. And she had a funny gif of a woman <laughs> looking back and forth and forth and back and back and forth and forth and back. And it says, client one, please pause all ads until further notice. Client two, please scale, spend aggressively. It's a bonkers time, y'all. <laughs> so, and we've seen, we have clients that are record breaking right now, mm-hmm. which is again, that's, that's the good thing. That's the good in there. And other people, there's that fear, uncertainty, and doubt, which is warranted. And it's, you know, working through there and letting people know that you're there. You're a partner for them. So. I'm worried about Pamela's neck after looking at this tweet. She's going to get whiplash. Well, it's not her in the gym. It implies that it's her. <laughs> I can picture that. Email coming feels. in. The email comes in to Pam, Pamela's inbox and she just looks at the yeah, right. Yeah. She <laughs> has one computer for one client yeah. and one for another. I've got my good news clients on the right. i got my bad news on the left. And I'm just going back and forth. Poor thing. Thank you to the Queen of Spice. 
And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something that you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I see why am I, people. Kirk Williams. What do you call him again? At PPC Kirk. Oh, no. no what did I call him? At Kirk. Spicy Kirk? Oh, Spicy Kirk. No, this isn't a Spicy Kirk. This is a helpful Kirk. Yes. Super helpful. Hashtag we love Kirk, but this isn't a sp- hashtag Spicy Kirk. Okay. So I guess he was talking to some clients who wanted to keep their ads off of sites related to the COVID-19 pandemic. So he made this awesome list of placement exclusions for websites that you can exclude from your campaigns. And they're like new sites and sites with content related to the pandemic in general that you can exclude from your campaign. Make sure that you're not on any of them. So thanks, Kirk. Right, and I saw Brian Garvin, who's now, I forget the company he's at, but I saw him put that up too. Like, it's not a great look when you're running ads next to, let's say, it's fatality numbers. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you need to be sensitive in a sensitive time. So check this out. It is 100% free over at Zato. I love that the community is rallying together and just giving this stuff away. You know what I mean? That's really nice. We're all helping each other out in a time of crisis. Really nice, beautiful. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> Friendly Kirk. <laughs> now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. This week's paid lightning round is brought to you by Optio. Optio makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic or creative work. It basically is x-ray vision for your account. You can see everything, and it's proactive. It's amazing. It's like what Google recommendations should be. Mm-hmm. It'll alert you via email. You can see everything that's happening, anything that is an abnormality, it is a phenomenal product. Shep, how do you use Optio? So Optio has a scorecard that rates your account out of 100, and this may sound familiar to you, but it's actually a really awesome tool. It takes factors like search term coverage, quality score, limited budgets, match type breakdown, ad testing, extension usage, conversion tracking, and much more best practices. It takes all these things into account when it scores it. And there's nothing in here about adding search partners, target impression share, or turning on targeting expansion. Well, that would all be bad. Yeah, which are all recommendations (laughs) that I saw in an account today. So this is an awesome tool, and we've actually been using it with clients when we're talking about the problematic... Oh, sorry. For the record, you saw that recommendation (laughs) not from Optio. Oh, but you no. saw it from those Google, are Google ads. ads. I didn't want to name them, call them out. Yeah, well, those call are them out. Bad, those are bad, bad, bad recommendations, recommendations from Google ads and the good ones were from Optio. And we've been using this as we're talking with clients about the problematic Google ads recommendations to show we have this other auditing tool that we're using as more of a benchmark. And it's just been really great. Hashtag the truth. We were on a call just yesterday. So to learn more, and if you want to get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com forward slash S-E-J. And here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. I'm so happy that I can open the paid lightning round talking about my passion, taxes. Oh, I thought you were going say Duggars. <laughs> no, it's taxes. Okay. So the UK is launching a digital services tax tax, which will go into effect on April 1st. This is a 2% tax on the revenues of search engine, social media services, and online marketplaces, which derive value from UK users. Quote, under the current international tax framework, the value businesses derive from user participation is not taken into account when allocating the profits of businesses between different countries. This measure will ensure the large multinational businesses in scope make a fair contribution to supporting vital public services. And then Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs goes on to say that the government is committed to disapplying the digital services tax once an appropriate international solution is in place. So mm-hmm. sounds like hopefully it won't be forever. And this is like a, a big flex. Yeah. yeah. If I were running for president, I'd be like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it 3%. Of the U.S.? Just that, yeah. <laughs> just, just, yeah, I want more. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you want to do this? 2% of revenues? Mm-hmm. I'll take that. And I don't know if you guys have been to London. I was there for three days, so I'm just the expert. Humble brag. And they have gorgeous parks. So they're doing something right. I'd, actually, I have no idea if they're paid for by the taxes, but like, I like to think <laughs> they were. And I saw some in cowl in them. It's that, that yeah. Instagram story like tax. You're getting taxed, 2%. Yeah. And your story, ad revenue. Going right to Liz. Liz and Phil. Who? Queen Liz. Oh. 
What's the on. river in London? The River Thames. Yeah. Do you ever see when the what? No, <laughs> not the Mississippi. <laughs> Do you ever see when the tide goes low and there's all these like old pipes and things that people just discarded? No. There's entire YouTube channels okay. dedicated to I'm it. Mudlarking, it's up. called. Look it up. Cool. It's really fascinating. And next up this week, Google Ads released a new tutorial on YouTube and it's all about search excellence. So there is a very nice lady and she's basically pushing the recommendations tab and talking us through all the different types of recommendations you can find. I'm shaking my head. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if you were going to say something. She breaks them out into four categories. Measure the right actions, use automation to drive growth, expand your reach, and maximize your search president your search presence. So after how'd you do that last week, I was very (laughs) interested to see how the world was responding to this and look at the comments. So some people loved it and they said, like it tutorial, Google ads, praying hands, praying hands, praying hands. Someone else said, great content. I really like it. Then someone said, it's not true. You get 80% relevant recommendations from the tab. Yes. (laughs) The last person (laughs) said, why do I follow y'all again? Honestly, though, you're, you're Google, you're held to a higher standard. Can we agree that you're mm-hmm. held to a higher standard than Cypress North, our agency, right? In this video, we're trying to explain probably to people that aren't that advanced, right? You're watching this video and step one is measure the right actions. And on screen, you have things like target CPA, raise your budgets, stuff like that. What they have is one recommendation, bid more effectively with target CPA, you will get 12.1% added to your score. You will get 30 more conversions. The cost, $1.4,000 a week. A week. So they're saying if you want that 12%, spend $1.4,000 a week and you get 30 conversions more. Yeah. A, that is not going to happen for many clients, especially the people you're talking to with this video, Google. B, right to the bottom right corner in the video, it says, Raise your budgets. You will get 2% added to your stupid score on this. And it says your ads stop running on your busiest days. Fixing your budget can help. And you can get 8.4 more conversions a week if you implement this. Do you know how much it costs more a week? 13 cents. (laughs) And if this is CPC, it's not working like this. If it's target CPA, I get it. But this example is incorrect and is they should be taken down. It is not true. It's not true and it's not right. You need to be better showing these examples. And the little, they came up with four little icons. Yeah. I forget what that is. Measure the right actions. It's use automation. automation to and the two growth. examples for that are use automated bidding and raise budgets. Like that's not for everyone. No, it's, <laughs> and you need to be better on this. And this is a, a telling example of how flawed this is when you're telling people, the information that they're showing is is objectively wrong. It is objectively incorrect, and this is it, it's maddening. The videos that you're putting out, but it's very maddening. nice lady. Very, she was very nice. It's not her fault. She's she had the presentation yeah. too. Yeah, and I great. like the little spinning logos. Her and stuff. lipstick matched her blouse. It was great. That's important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Wonder I'll if that raised her score. <laughs> Okay, moving on. We have an article from self-proclaimed healthcare and pharmaceutical search expert, Jonathan Kagan. The article is called Why Bing Should Be First in Your Healthcare Search Strategy. But by Bing, he means Microsoft Advertising because he says that Bing is the not-so-secret weapon in healthcare paid search. So John and company did a study where they looked at seven healthcare brands paid search campaigns on Google and Microsoft. And based on CTR, CPC, and C. CVR and CPA performance was almost always better on Microsoft. And John thinks that the reason for this is that users on Bing are typically older, so they may be more focused on health. Also, they're typically desktop users. So when people are in what they're calling the research phase, like, do I have the flu? They would be on their phone. But when things get more serious and they're in the treatment phase, they move over to desktop. And I'm just going to close with this great quote. He said, this is why he loves healthcare." (laughs) For some reason, I just love dealing with government red tape and FDA compliance. <laughs> Me too, John. <laughs> I don't know. I think John's a friend of the show. At John Kagan, if you want to follow him, great Twitter follow as well. 
And next up, Apple updated its App Store review guidelines this week and also announced some new features introduced with iOS 13. So the big thing here for marketers is that push notifications can now be used for marketing purposes as long as the user authorizes it. Developers must also provide a method for the app user to opt out of receiving such messages. That sounds nice, but like I've been receiving push notifications from QVC about like sales and things for quite some time. Were they just breaking the rules? Lots of uh, ellipticals or what? (laughs) Just like all kinds of things. Anything good? You know, um, no. I haven't bought anything (laughs) quite some time. What's hot on VC these days? Um, It's March. What do they do? I watch around the holidays more. You got that cheese. Oh, yeah. I ordered cheese. Was it good? (laughs) I don't know. I sent it to my brother. (laughs) (laughs) He said it was good. No, there you go. It It was. was a squeaky cheese. That is a term that I only recently heard people say, and I guess it's a thing. Like, cheese should be squeaky? Is that true? I think if your cheese is squeaking, you're doing it wrong. I don't know. It's like a good good thing. Yeah, I don't know. So next up in paid, the French data protection watchdog CNIL has opened up an investigation into personalized retargeting company Critio. And when I hear French and investigation, I just think of Inspector Crusoe. Who? Da-da-da-da. <laughs> right? Pink Panther the was Pink French. Panther? Yeah. Was it? I didn't know that. Yeah. We. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> so Privacy International, who made complaints against Critio in 2018, has two major concerns. Its shopper graph tool, which is used to predict real-time product interest, and which Critio has touted as having data on nearly three-quarters of the world's shoppers. Wow. <laughs> And its dynamic retargeting tool, which enables the retargeting of track shoppers with behaviorally targeted ads via Critio sharing data with sources of partners, including publishers and ad exchanges. So we will have to keep our eyes peeled for what happens with this investigation. And next up, 21 got another one. Stephen Johns alerted us of new information fields added to the beta of YouTube lead forms. And he, it's Stephen Johns 21 on Twitter. That's why we say 21 got another one. Hey, Steven. (laughs) The fields include company name, work email, job title, and work phone number. Hopefully, these will come to lead to form extension soon because that'd be really nice. They have like no fields right now. And finally here, we are going to group together all of the yucky coronavirus news that's happening in paid this week. So first up, do you guys know who is getting free ad space on Facebook? Instagram from Facebook? No. I bet they are. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know? Not Bloomberg. It's who? World Health Organization. Oh. oh. That went right over our heads. <laughs> I CDC what you did there. Yeah. Wow. So Mark Zuckerberg said they could get as much free ad space as they need, which is nice. Trying to fight misinformation there. And finally, both Google and Facebook are banning ads for face masks as coronavirus spreads. Facebook announced it is temporarily banning them and commerce listings for medical face masks. And the ban applies to all advertisers, including those who may have long-running campaigns promoting dust masks on Google. And this is actually good because we have a major client that sells face masks, and they're all out. (laughs) So like, (laughs) anybody that's legit is out of face masks. Mm -hmm. But also, if they do come back in and they're trying to serve a purpose, maybe you don't ban everything. Because if you do need some N95 masks... You need to What's be able that? to find them. It's the, Are those the health ones? They're the main masks that stop the spread of oh, things. That's it for paid. What's happening in organic? This week's organic lightning round is brought to you by Ahrefs. Ahrefs makes competitive analysis easy. Their tool will show you how your competitors are getting traffic from Google and why. You can see the pages and content, then send them the most search traffic. And just like Optio, they send you lots and lots of updates, and you can see exactly what's going on. It's super proactive. So you can take that time to replicate, improve on strategies, and get better. If you're not getting significant search traffic, Ahrefs tools also help to find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see estimated search volumes, gauge traffic potential with their Keywords Explorer tool. Just how to use Ahrefs. So something really cool that Ahrefs does is estimates how easy it is to rank in the top 10 results for a given keyword. And they call it the keyword difficulty score. It's a score out of 100, basically 1 to 100. What's really nice about this is that when you're analyzing competitors' sites, you can filter the Site Explorer reports by a range of keyword difficulty scores. So it's really great for spotting opportunities with low competition topics. And they have a seven-day trial for only seven 
Head on over to Ahrefs, that is A-H-R-E-F-S dot com, C-O-M, to sign up. Greg, what's happening in organic this week? This week, we've got a lot of news. And the first thing comes from marketing land, and a majority of customers want standards and tougher action against review fraud, which is kind of like no duh. Yeah. But the thing is, they're aggressive with it. Mm Mm-hmm. They say that in terms of penalties, U.S. respondents said that brands that violate the standards that they talked about in the, in the study should face a fine equivalent to roughly 15% of their annual revenue. Whoa. That's crazy. So the whole point is about weeding out fake reviews. Another interesting tidbit from the article is that negative reviews help brand credibility. Where they said if, and this was from Trustpilot, I believe it was a different study. Everything's in the show notes. You can check it out, marketingclock.com. But anybody had excess of five-star reviews, they were dubious to the reviews themselves. So that was another takeaway. You don't just want all five-star reviews. A couple of fours in there is great. If it's all zeros, though, or ones, that's a problem. (laughs) All right, next up is another Wonderful video from Google. And Bill Hartzer found this out, and it was written up by Matt Southern on Search Engine Journal, where the SEO, or sorry, Roger Monty, Martini Buster on Search Engine Journal. And he said the SEO community rebukes Google for advising free site audits. So the video itself runs through in a cartoon how you can choose an SEO provider. Disclaimer, it is really hard to make a video about this because in reality, probably 25% of people are snake oil salesmen. 50% of people aren't good and you're trying to find this other 25%. So they run through talking about calling references, which you should do, a few other steps, and then they get to the fact where they say, request a technical and search audit. Have them conduct a prioritized list of what should be improved for SEO. And they're saying in the video that you should ask a vendor that before you pay them. And that's where everybody took umbrage. Pro bono. I understand (laughs) if you want to talk to somebody and say, what do you think you might do? But I I take offense with it when you say the prioritized list. Saying you want a a technical audit, you want a quick audit, you want to just see something in general, there are many tools you can just spit something out. But the minute that you're using human hours to make them a laundry list of things to do to fix the site, sorry, that's what you should get paid for. Yeah. And it is disgraceful to try to say everybody should give free technical SEO audits away with prioritized lists. No, you shouldn't do that. You actually don't want somebody that's going to do that, to be honest with you. Any company that's going to give you a prioritized technical and search audit list don't use them. Because you want someone who's going to put in the time. They're going to run through. Yeah. yeah. They're going to run through and say, well, look, your H1 here is lower than your H2. Here's our technical list. Your links here aren't as internal. And here we got this here. You, we could add 15 more characters to hit your title tag limit here. And the meta description should be this. And you're not 240 characters. You're 250 characters. You don't want that. You want somebody that's going to take hours and hours to give you which one. What they should say is ask for recommendations. Recommendations, recommendations, references, that's what you want. But to give them credit, Danny Sullivan on his at Danny Sullivan Twitter handle said, it's fair enough that even a light audit can be seen as valuable consulting that wouldn't be given away. But it's also fair enough that you shouldn't just hire an SEO without getting some sense of what they're going to do. Sensible. Danny's like the most sensible guy. So then he said, so maybe the video could be updated to balance that more. So thank you to Danny. It has still not been balanced to be updated, but hopefully that will happen. Next up, the trending tab in the YouTube app is becoming the explore tab. So if you're looking for something trending, you have to go check out Reddit, like Mm -hmm. we talked about at the beginning, because it's now explore. It looks like a little compass. So in one place, you will now find destination pages for gaming, learning, it's going to be a more prominent spot for creators and artists, and it's just everything that's trending right now. So it's going to be more content there. Next up, we have some news from Martini Buster himself, Roger Monti. 
Google says paid links don't work. And this comes from a Webmaster Hangouts, I believe. And it was John Mueller. And somebody asked the question, are backlinks important in ranking factors? Because nowadays 80 90% of websites are buying backlinks, which is very unethical. A, I take umbrage with that. It's not unethical to buy a link to your site. It's not unethical to do that. If I want traffic, if I want to sell something, and I'm buying a link on a site that's going to sell something, that is not unethical. Google trying to force things is more unethical to say we have an algorithm that can't detect backlinks, but that's a whole other story, and I'm kind of fired up today. Um, anyway, John Mueller responded to this f- person on YouTube Hangouts or whatever the Hangouts was and said, we do use links in our ranking algorithms. Uh, no, duh. I, <laughs> I edit that. We use a ton of other factors as well. And then he went on to say, this is something where we also see that a lot of sites do things that aren't really necessary for their website and web search. So they'll go off and buy a ton of links and then we ignore all those links. Incorrect. Incorrect. You can't say something like that. You can't go say that somebody goes and buys a bunch of links and then you immediately ignore them. You might do a good job of finding bad paid links, but you can't find everything. <laughs> I could go pay somebody $1,000 to put a link on a page and you would never find it. We don't do that here at Cypress North, but you you can't just say somebody can go buy all these things and immediately de- undetected. It's not true. Sorry, it's just not true. You can't be like, oh, I know, I know that, that somebody wrote this article and I paid them 10 grand to write this article and they put a link in there. You're never going to find that. Yeah. And that was just from a tweet. It was from a webmaster hangout. I it's believe. crazy that they just like tweet to answer people's questions and have like the video, like the hangouts. Like it's just like rumors all the time. It's crazy. <laughs> yes. Any spammy, 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 spammy link will likely be immediately discounted. So at least you've got that. But I've got a little note here. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> I don't know what got into me today, everybody. I apologize. We're going to only go positive from here. So next up, Google My Business has made changes to our photo and video content policy. All photos and videos are now reviewed before publication. If you've got issues adding photos, there's some criteria. Click on through the show notes to find those. I believe a few folks were saying this had already happened, but it didn't sound like the review was a human touch it was more artificial intelligence so you can check that out now we're gonna hit the organic coronavirus roundup stories first up google is providing guidance to businesses affected by coronavirus so there's a new help page with recommendations if the covid19 will be affecting your business and you I'll just give you a spoiler alert it because there's not really that much there but you can change your business hours you can update your business description publish a post, or update contact information. Thankfully, they didn't say to panic, so that's good. (laughs) All right. We also have a slew of additional conferences canceled or postponed. South by Southwest, I don't think that was canceled the last show. mm -hmm. They waited a while to cancel it. Google Webmaster conferences are canceled. PubCon, I think, was canceled at the time. I think SMX Advanced is still on at the moment. But pretty much anything in March or April has been canceled in abundance of caution. Loverfest East is still on. What? What? Oh, is that the Taylor Swift one? You're still going? It's in August. Oh, Oh. that's the worst time of the year. I'm just joking. joking. (laughs) Okay, next up. Google has been unusually proactive in fighting COVID-19 misinformation. And this comes from The Verge. This is... We've seen it, right? We've seen mask ads being stopped. We've seen them going so far to say that you can't even find anything in the Google Play Store for coronavirus. So overall, I think this is a good thing to be proactive and make sure people, when there is a pandemic, an actual pandemic, you've got good information. The one thing is, I think they limit a little too much. I've been going to DuckDuckGo more trying to find information because I'd be like, well, is this a level three location? Should somebody be here or not? And it just seems like it's a lot of the same stuff. But Yeah, it's nice that they like pull in stuff from the CDC when you yes. Google it. Mm-hmm. That's nice. All right, and last up here, YouTube will slowly start monetizing coronavirus videos following creator anger. If 
I don't know if it was actually released during the last show, but they had put out a tweet saying that given the rapidly rapidly updating news and education on COVID-19, we are reviewing our monetization policies. Some videos were demonetized. I think What that, are they doing in the videos? I just think that's a bad idea. Just because you're actually helping and giving out news or updates or information on a specific topic, you're using your time to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but when I think of the people who would be mad, I don't think of like creators. I think of like I, I think the creators would be mad. The creators like that's their job, but not like doctors who are just making videos. I feel like they wouldn't be doing it for money anyway. But if it, it, I want to see the videos, I I don't like the demonetization aspect in general. I don't. I'm not a censorship person in general. Pers- I mean, so I'm going to be skewed anyway. But if somebody's going out there and reporting on things and putting the video up, you're burning calories. You're putting in work. Sorry, you should get paid for that. Yeah, go talk to. What do we call him? Not spicy Kirk. Nice Kirk. Nice Kirk. Helpful Kirk. Go talk to Kirk Williams and get out of those videos if you're a brand, if you don't want to show up. But that should be on the brand. That's not on the creator. It's helpful information. I mean, I'm not saying all of it is. There's probably some disinformation. I feel like they're trying to prevent people just from making stuff to make it. And it's not good stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're going to be monetized again. So that is good news. Oh, lastly here, some more fun news. I don't know how this got lumped in here, but we're going to end on a high note from BFF <laughs> of the show, Glenn Gabe, at Glenn Gabe on Twitter, the only follow you need on Twitter, I guess, other than Marketing other than, Clock. Yeah, I was going to say. Other than Marketing Clock. Um, but he says, hey, we finally have some color back in the SERPs. He's just the best. <laughs> and he says, Google's holy Easter egg lets you throw color at search results. And so if you go to Google, there is a new Easter egg. All you have to type in is holy Easter egg. H-O-L, or sorry, not holy Easter egg. (laughs) What am I thinking? Holy Easter egg, man. (laughs) No, H-O-L-I. And if you type in H-O-L-I, you see these little pots and you can make the screen turn colors. Um, I believe it's something from India. I'm not quite familiar with it, but it looks really cool and it looks like a cool celebration. So check it. It looks so fun. Do you see the colors? I don't have the Easter egg, but um, I'm just seeing some pictures of holy. and It's right there on the side. It's in the the, it's the right hand rail. It's pronounced Holly. Holly. <laughs> Apologies, everybody. Thank you. Hit those little little buttons on the side. Oh. Now you click somewhere else. So you click on. It looks like it kind of looks like a little pot of colored sand or something. I don't know exactly what it is. And then you click on your screen, and it's almost <laughs> like you're shooting a paintball gun at screen. Why isn't this, this working? Is for such me? important click. digital marketing. Oh, click this. Well, hey, oh. you know what? <laughs> After that last roundup here, we needed a little this bit of fun. Is really Fun. All right. What's happening with <laughs> social Jess? Big news for TikTok users. You can now add a URL to your videos. That's huge. It's huge, except for the fact that you can only add links from TripAdvisor, Wikipedia, and Yelp, <laughs> which are nice websites. But what about <laughs> brands that have their own site? It's a good start. It's better than nothing. This comes to us from Matt Navara at Matt Navara on Twitter. And he gave a hat tip to at Sphinx for sharing screenshots of this feature. I love that handle, at Sphinx. That's a thing, hat tip. That's yeah, right, HG. right? Yeah, okay. I did hat not tip. know that. It's like, well, tip of your hat. I love like, that. Good oh, day. Thank you, sir. Good day, <laughs> thank you, Sphinx. You guys know Sphinx from Gone in 60 Seconds? No. I don't know any of the words you just said. Oh, <laughs> Nick Cage? Yeah, Nick Cage. I think we're going to come back to him maybe a little bit later, but good stuff. All right. Next up, Snapchat has begun testing its version of an audience network with a limited number of brands. So this isn't available everywhere yet. But for those that aren't familiar, an audience network basically, in Snapchat's case anyway, lets advertisers use Snapchat's ad manager to place their ads across other apps outside of Snapchat. So the biggest criticism so far with this is the lack of transparency about the type of content in the Snap audience network. Advertisers are not able to see specific placements of their ads, which is not fun. There's a little bit of worry there about brand protection. Obviously, you don't want to show up next to unsavory content. I get that. There's also some concern over how this plays out with all the hubbub over data privacy. All right. Now into the coronavirus news on the social side. Instagram is adding new processes to help users find accurate updates on the coronavirus outbreak. 
and they're good ones. So not only is Instagram working to remove what they call known harmful misinformation related to the virus, they're also making an effort to surface reliable resources for folks that are looking at COVID-19 related content. So if you click on a hashtag that's related to coronavirus, a helpful pop-up comes up that asks if you're looking for info and links right out to the CDC or World Health Organization websites and their posts, which I think is really nice. And if you're actually just searching for coronavirus in the search, authoritative accounts like the World Health Organization are highlighted in the top results. So that's what Instagram is doing for individuals and Facebook is doing some cool things for businesses as well. So they have launched a new business resource hub with up-to-date information on the virus as well as tips for businesses during this kind of crazy time. So there's some self-serving stuff in there, like tips like host an online event with Facebook or Instagram. Not that that's bad, but there it is. But there's really good stuff in there too, especially for small businesses. Maybe they don't have a team in place already that's thinking about these things. So they have tips like preparing your customer service team ahead of time with some questions that are going to be common and how they can answer that. So I think that that's really nice that Facebook is on top of that trying to offer valuable resources for folks. One additional item. I had mentioned it earlier in the show that Bryant Garvin at Bryant Garvin, B-R-Y-A-N-T, Garvin, G-A-R-V-I-N. On Twitter, it's at PSA. I strongly suggest right now turning off Facebook Audience Network, creating news placement and topic keyword exclusions where possible for YouTube and GDN, which is Google Display Network. And if running Taboola and Outbrain, I would suggest turning off all news sites. Why? Coronavirus. So that's what we talked about earlier, and I just want to circle back to that. Um, it reminded me of the Snapchat audience network and, yeah, the Facebook audience network. So great tips there. Thanks, Brian. Makes sense. And that brings us to our real-life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Shep, what's been happening with your accounts lately? Okay, so last week I learned what Microsoft audience ads are, so I'm going to read this. Oh, the man. <laughs> M-A-N, Microsoft Audience Network. Oh, this just said audience ads. But they yeah. try to make it be M-S-A-N. Yeah. It's well, I didn't know what they were, and now I do, and I turned them off. Let me read it for our listeners. <laughs> Microsoft audience ads are served across the Microsoft audience network. There's your man, which is powered by the Microsoft graph and artificial intelligence. It includes ad placements across premium sites like MSN outlook and Microsoft edge, as well as other partner sites. And they blend naturally into your customer's experience. Um, I'm making search ads on Microsoft advertising. So I don't want my ads on these sites. Um, so I turn them off. <laughs> What Good idea. And Jess, how about you? <laughs> All right. So this week I came across an article from HubSpot about working remotely. And it actually didn't mention coronavirus. But given the current state of things and the fact that our industry kind of lends itself nicely to working from anywhere anyway, it had some good tips that I just thought were worth sharing. These are things that I do when I work from home, and I find that they help a lot. So the article noted things like having a dedicated workspace. So if you have your desk next to that pile of laundry that you're not getting to, it's just going to bug you all day, so maybe don't do that. They also said it's important to stay visible with your team. So even though you're not physically in the room with them, you know, using things like Slack like we have, just constantly engaging and being available makes it a lot easier when you are not in the same room. And then something else that I thought was it made a lot of sense, but I think people don't really say is don't cancel meetings just because you're not there in person. So part of working remotely is actually working and meetings can be an important tool to move projects forward. So don't cancel them. I just thought that that was a really nice nugget. And there's a ton more in this article. So we'll make sure it's in the show notes. You guys can read the whole thing. It's a quick read, but especially, you know, considering what's going on right now, I think it's important to know how to work effectively remotely if you have to. And next up for me, I just want to say thank you, Google Ads, for the wonderful reports section. I was just finding so much information in reports, and it just sometimes you forget how much more you can see in reports, whether it's product category level one, two, you can break everything down in the reports feature that you just cannot see in the ads interface. So we kind of give a little bit of flack here and there. But you should be using the Google Ads Reports section. And I did a few things that would be near impossible without it. So thank you to the Google Ads Reports. 
Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's WTH comes to us from the New York Times. And apparently hundreds of TikTok users have begun live streaming themselves overnight while they sleep. Can I just say this is the worst WTH that we've think ever it's had? It's truly <laughs> egregious. Yeah. Okay, so the best part of the story before I dig into it is that they interview a bunch of TikTok kids and they refer to them as Mr. and Miss the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go look at their pages and it's like, that is not a Mr. No. Okay. That's a junior. So this is another direct quote from the article because it's just lovely. Thousands of people turned into Mr. Hector as he slept. Some even donated to him with digital coins that can be cashed out for money. On <laughs> Mr. Hector's first sleep stream, he said he received about $10 <laughs> worth of coins. <laughs> what? Where are we living? Which is a lot of money when you're 17. I Ten- mean... <laughs> for, wait, wait. Hope, are you still on TikTok, yes or no? Kind of. <gasps> are you sleep streaming? Oh, I do it all the time. I knew it. Every night <laughs> before I go to bed, I click the TikTok live stream. Have you seen sleep streaming on TikTok? No, no okay. I haven't. No, no one should see it. They should be sleeping too. I don't understand this. Okay, but then well, let's, let's hear. a bunch of the kids are like, my parents won't let me do the sleep stream. Good. So like there's this big one that went viral the other day. This is a tweet and it says 26.5 thousand people are watching a live stream of a solo cup pyramid on TikTok right now. <laughs> the guy who made it is currently sleeping. <laughs> So, like, his parents wouldn't let him be filmed, so he <laughs> built a solo cup tower. He deserves $10 worth of coins. So he could, his parents wouldn't let him show the internet him sleeping, so he made... Yeah, Miss Brienne said, people have gone live saying, oh, my parents don't want me filming myself sleeping, so live stream this other picture in another room overnight. Like, <laughs> It's, this is one of the strangest <laughs> things I've ever heard. Okay, but here's a whole nother layer to it. The appeal of these streams isn't apparently watching the stream, but actually the chat section. Live streams on TikTok aren't archived, so sleep streams, many of which are simply a dark blank screen, provide a time and place for users to meet. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Can you imagine the amount of time on people's hands to watch you sleep how would you ever fall asleep if you knew you're being watched by 26.5 thousand people I, I actually used to have this fear in my head when i was in like middle school that the boys i had a crush on could see me sleeping for some reason and i like couldn't say i was worried about what my face was doing and all this i would like cover myself with the blanket these kids are actually streaming themselves sleeping they have no no shame i guess i just want one thought now my sleep stream might be interesting <laughs> Yeah. Because every now and then, in the middle of the night, I'm dead asleep. And I feel <laughs> on the back of my head, tap, tap, tap. <laughs> and it's my son when he has a bad dream. <laughs> he taps me on the back of the head. And I would love to see my reaction. I'm always like, huh? It's, it's like, like a I had a bad movie. dream, daddy. I always, when I wake up in the middle of the night, I think I see a huge spider dangling from no. the ceiling. Like it's just something about my eyes opening. It's not just your phone yeah. live streaming. No. So it would be ceiling. really fun to like, I like jump out of bed. That's all of this is scary. Yeah. Yeah. This is my worst nightmare to be filmed while I, while I sleep. Yeah, no, thank you. Although, like, if you had night terrors, it could be pretty interesting. <laughs> I mean. You're turning around on this already. I like no, it. I hate it. Right, WTH. And, and next <laughs> up, we're on. We're changing the name of it due to the light of it. It's no longer the Petri dish. We're going to call it our segment segment. And we've got good sheets. Sheets. It's your favorite category. And this isn't even a Google Sheet. There were Sheets Con this past week. Hope you made it. I didn't, but it sounded cool. <laughs> it didn't have to be canceled because it was all online. All online, on the Google Sheet. Anyway, this is from Jason Freed, the founder of Basecamp. And he said, for the foreseeable future, we'll be refunding the purchase price of our book, Remote, Office Not Required. Buy a copy. Tweet me a picture of you holding the book with a sales receipt dated 3-10-20 or later, and we'll PayPal you a complete refund. DM your email, please. That's so many steps. A lot of steps. Yeah, you could just make, make it free. <laughs> <laughs> then the other thing that, that gave me a little bit of anxiety is Basecamp is cool. We use Basecamp. Thank you, Jason. 
But he's like, we're managing all these in Basecamp and shows like the messages, the DMs coming in and who they've got a PayPal. Let's say PayPal, Bill 76, PayPal, Solo Cup, Sleeper 27. <laughs> You know, and, and it's like doing it in base camp. Base camp isn't for that. Sorry. No. And they had so many responses, right? That they've already shut this down. They're not giving refunds anymore. Oh, they did? I think so. It took a couple of days, but not well, that's many. Bad. That's now bad sheets, if yeah. that's the case. I didn't know that was the case. It was just yesterday they came out. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. How dare they? I take it all back. I, I'm, I'm going to re- I'm gonna look at this live. Here. Unless he was talking 400 about 400 refund requests so yeah. far. Totally overwhelmed. A new refund pop today. Oh. So How many did he for... think he was going to get? How many followers does okay. he have? That's bad. And they cut it yeah. off at 400? Well, because they're doing it manually. You heard all those steps. What yeah. a nightmare. Just make well, then like, that's terrible. Who's like his assistant who has to do that? You can't do it. At four. What did you think? You're the head of base camp. You, did you... <laughs> what is going on? Anyway, let me just find this on the fly here. But if you are worried We'll put in the show notes something, we'll call it Good Sheets, even though it's just a web page. Search Engine Journal has working from home, 31 tips to be more productive and successful. So check that out. It was from last year, but a lot of things still match up. So that's the Good Sheets, and we'll call it Good Pages. (laughs) And that's all I got for this week. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is the Scroll to Text Fragment Generator, which is a mouthful, but in a nutshell, it lets you generate links to a specific portion of a page while highlighting the associated text, which is pretty cool. It's free and it's great if you need to send someone directly to a section of a website quickly and highlight what you were telling them about. So the only caveat is it only works in Chrome, but if that's your browser of choice, head on over to supple.com.au slash tools and check it out. What are your thoughts on the word supple? I don't like it. I don't mind supple. It's absolutely terrible. Terrible. Okay. Yeah, I don't like it. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Tomek Radzuski, and it is over on OneLead.com, and it is the ultimate guide to JavaScript SEO, the 2020 edition. And this is some Brian Dean Backlinko style content here where he's got a variety of chapters. What is JavaScript and how is it used? Can Google index JavaScript? The foundations for successful JavaScript SEO, different ways of presenting JavaScript content for Google, common pitfalls, and a bonus chapter. You have to give your information for the bonus chapter. The chapters one through five are free and we appreciate it. Thank you, Tomek. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you to Ahrefs and Optio, our fantastic sponsors. And if you're looking for another great podcast, don't miss this week's episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. This week they have Chris Long, not the former first-round draft pick, not the former all-star. I don't know those All-pro, all-star. Mm-hmm. Like, who am I? Not the former two-time Super Bowl champ, mm-hmm. Chris Long. This is Chris Long, the senior SEO manager at Go Fish Digital. This is a sports. I get the sports award. There's that week. many Chris Longs in sports? No, they're all the same Chris Long. Oh, okay. oh he's got a lot of awards. <laughs> he's done a lot of things. <laughs> but you want to listen to the senior SEO manager, Chris Long, over at Go Fish Digital. So check that out on this week's Search Engine Journal show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week we're playing everybody's favorite game. Jess, explain it. It's a draft because we haven't done one in a while. I feel like drafts are fun around here. So we are going to draft Nicolas Cage 
films. Yes. We talked Thank about them earlier in the films. show. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I mean, they're works of art that this man is in. So in order to determine who is going first, we will go based on whoever is the closest to his birthday. And oh, then boy. we'll go counterclockwise from there because he doesn't do anything by the book. December 15th. Ooh. Okay. When's your birthday? He's an August 3rd kind of guy. Well, we're not guessing yeah, his birthday. When's your birthday? When is your <laughs> <laughs> when's your birthday, Greg? January 30th. Okay. Hope? October 26th. Okay. I'm in April. So he's January 7th. So I feel like you two are very close. I don't feel like doing the math. So I which one of you mean. wants to go first? All right. I am so, so bummed out. Shep, and you go I first. Hope know, you'll go second. I'm second? Yeah. Oh, Shep's going to take mine. One. She's going to take <laughs> mine. <laughs> no, that is so unfair. I will take National Treasure. <laughs> that is such bogus. Wow. It's only because it's the only one you know. Well, I then she it's better. Nick Cage movie. Is it like Nick, Nick Cage, the... Films. The best Nick Cage, Nick Cage films or whichever the best one, Nick, actual films? Well, it's whichever ones you want on your team. Oh, it's a okay. draft. Oh, the, so how, whatever this. you consider best. National okay. Treasure yeah. is a national treasure. Okay, it so is, hope you're next, taken, but you don't so, get that one. So yeah. what do you have? Okay, I guess the next one that I will go with is Con Air. Oh, I wanted <laughs> that hair. Cameron Poe, I wanted that hair. With his lawn hair and the airplane. and <gasps> It's a beautiful a masterpiece. The Leanne Rhymes song at the end. Mm-hmm. Where do you watch these? Any television channel at any time. It's Anytime. always As Anytime. the fans Anytime. can tell, Shep yeah. is not a Nick Cage fan. And she took one of my favorite Nick Cage movies. Yes. That, yeah. All right. Well, oh, it's my turn? Yeah, it is. Um, I'm going to go with Gone in 60 Seconds. I mentioned it on the show. It's genius. It's apparently a remake, though. I don't need the original. Greg? I'm going to go with The Wicker Man. Whoa. <laughs> that looks scary. I have No, I just need that YouTube clip that is the best YouTube clip. And it's got the bees. Never seen it, but I, I just I can't not have that in my life. So Wicker Man. Fair enough. I will take National Treasure too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shop, you a are such a I disgrace. Are you joking me? Have you even seen them? I want to know. I need to know. Yeah, I've seen National Treasure. Uh, have, have you seen you the seen second two? one? Yeah, I've Book seen Book of all Secrets? Of There's only Get two. Here. Get out of here. <laughs> you are You're such a Nick Cage fraud. All right. Okay, okay. What do you have, Hope? Next one, I'll go Moonstruck. Mm. All right, Moonstruck. No one has any. Class. It looks like a fun <laughs> Italian movie, and I'm Italian. <laughs> okay, that's why I took it. I'm gonna go with mm, Face Off. I want Face yeah. Off. Ah, uh, that was my next one. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I have my next one. Don't take it. Caster, what are the Pollux? Caster and Pollux. Something Is that like face that. Off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's, he's well, you, you put me in a bad a spot villain. here. You put me in a real bad spot. I don't know. I'm trying to have like a well-rounded cage collection here, and I might go with Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Oh, I've heard of that. Interesting. As I Shep put like, it earlier, I feel like he's on a motorcycle. He's in leather. Exactly, and he's on fire. Turns on fire. Okay, I, I mean, it's I'm, not a great movie. This is Nick Cage films. I know. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Any movie he's in is great. Right. Check, I will check. take National Treasure 3. That's not a thing. <laughs> it's not a movie, even though they should definitely make it. Okay. I think I have seen Knowing. I think there's white bunnies in it. It was terrible. I don't <laughs> knowing anything about that. <laughs> All right. Hope? I'm going to take... Oh, boy. We get four movies. Ooh, yes. ooh, yep. ooh. Okay, I'm going to go with The Family Man. Oh, man. That's like my mom's favorite movie. We always That's watch it movie. every Christmas. Jess, you'd cry if you watched it. I've never seen it. Really? Maybe You've never seen The Family Man? No, it's actually good. I love it. to cry. It's a good movie. All right, I'm going to go with, I like Greg's strategy of being well-rounded, so I'm going to go with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, oh I was thinking oh, about that. We both have that. superheroes now. I like that. Yeah. Well, well, I'm going to go a fun with animated critically acclaimed films. This is another movie you'd cry at leaving las vegas oh that was gonna be my next pick critically acclaimed who's ever heard of these movies it's actually super sad if you ever walked through a blockbuster it it was there um i'm gonna go with raising arizona it looks like there's a nice baby in it (laughs) (laughs) have you seen it no hope this is your last one make it good okay i'm gonna go with peggy sue got married because that's a young Nick Cage 
Never even heard of it. It looks my cute. watch list for a weekend here. Um, I'm going mom and dad. What is that? Have you ever even seen it? Yeah, I have. It, it was on one of the streaming services. It's like there's a disease in the air that turns parents into like, not zombies, but like they're, they're just ultra violent and they just take their rage out on their children. It's kind of funny. It sounds awful, yeah, it but it's funny. Sound funny. It's like a dark comedy. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to only make this pick because it reminds me of Cameron Poe and Hope stole that from me. So I'm going to go Lord of War. Or he's Yuri Orloff. Wait, I thought I was War? done. Do I have to pick another one? That's that's my action one. Lord of War. You did, no one picked The Rock, which is like Con Air 2. Wait, you picked The Rock to start. No. no I picked National she picked Treasure. National Treasure. That's the only Nick Wait, Cage movie what? she knows. Nobody picked this The Rock. This is the worst Nick Cage draft in history. I've I thought never that was first. heard of that. No, Con the Air. The Rock? How Welcome dare you. to The Rock. <laughs> it's the one with the that's most you. amazing <laughs> car the rocket chase man. in history. <laughs> No, that would be Blues Brothers. There's like chickens everywhere. This is off oh, yeah. I, I, my last pick, I got that. The Rock. Done. You want The Rock? I'll got give it, oh, you know what? I'll give it, it to out? you because it should be on somebody's list. Okay. The Rock. All right. So, to recap, Shep has National Treasure, <laughs> National Treasure 2, National Treasure 3. So yeah, rude. She tried so rude. National Treasure 3. She got Knowing and then Raising Arizona because there's a nice baby in it. <laughs> <laughs> Hope has Con Air. Moonstruck, The Family Man, Peggy Sue Got Married, I Have Gone in 60 Seconds, Face Off, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and, and I'm going to say mine because I, I need, oh, sorry. No, the that's, last one was what? It. Mom and Dad. Yeah, you say yours. And I have Nick Cage's best YouTube clip, Wicker Man. <laughs> Nick Cage's best superhero. Why does Greg get to say his? Ghost Rider. He's selling it well. I'm selling it. Yeah. Ghost I could Rider. sell mine. Nick Cage's actually best critically acclaimed film where he got a 90 in Rotten Tomatoes, Leaving Las Vegas. Wow. I might have been up for an Oscar. Don't quote me on that. And lastly, Stanley Goodspeed, The Rock. A, Are you speaking English? Yes. Okay, I definitely should have been able to sell mine. I'm well, sorry. Hope. You it. always get the short end of the stick. I know. I'm <laughs> always screwed over. We'll see you next week.